Today's uh, today's talk talking about what we would do differently if we were to start over, right? If you had a blank slate. Oh, yeah. That, that time machine. If you were back to, what were you, 16, 17? No, when I first, well, I mean, I CrossFit before it was actually called, called CrossFit. Cross training? Yeah, cross training. Yeah. Like strength and conditioning, yeah. Back in the day. But yeah, a while but, ago, yeah. Start fresh. What would you, what would you tell your former self I, or if you could do it all over? <laughs> the mistakes you made. Maybe the things even you did, right? I know there's like a couple right off the top of my head that I would like to swap. Well, I'll tell you what. I mean, we're going to have to turn this into like a five-hour podcast. <laughs> yeah. This is not enough. So right. strap in and stay, uh, stay alert, guys. Yeah. yeah, there's so much that uh, I could, could go over. Um, but I think maybe before we get into that, there's a quote I just heard that is uh, – Pretty cool because I think a lot of new people coming in, um, maybe they don't have that, just the mindset, or they don't even know what they're in for when they sign up for a CrossFit class or you know sign up with us for a membership. Um, and so one of the one of the things is just the fact of having somebody that knows the possibilities that are ahead of you and um, and someone that really like believes in you. So when I started CrossFit was just by myself off of the website. Yeah. So I think having Same. a coach is uh, is uh, what, what really year did you start? Like two thousand four or something? No, it was like two thousand eight. Oh that it was yeah. still that was just mostly just the website thing. Yeah. yeah. It was probably you know, there's maybe one one CrossFit in New England and like OPT and Yeah. Yeah. Chris Spiel and that Yeah, they were the other big, kind of dusty certificate guy. Yeah. yeah, I remember him. The yeah. guy would do the pull ups and Yeah. Some people were strong enough to clean 155 pounds. <laughs> and it all looked like garbage. <laughs> yeah. Fittest arm. Right. But there's a quote. I don't even know who, who said it, but uh, it's it's wonderful when people believe in the leader, and you can kind of substitute coach, but it's more wonderful when the leader believes in the people. So that's kind of a, a good one. There's a, lot of, uh, there's a lot of power in working with someone that, A, believes in you and knows – what is possible? So when I started, I didn't have a coach. Yeah, so I think same. that's that's one thing I would have done is yeah. started with with a coach. That's probably the biggest. That's near the top of the list for me too. Yeah. But however, I, this is going to be no surprise to anyone. One of the other big things that I would have done, or maybe even before started training, is I would have never have lost the mobility I had from a kid. Yeah. Because I mean, I think about, I think about like when someone new comes in, right? And let's say they have good mobility, then I could teach them even something as complex as a squat snatch in a few minutes. But if I have someone that comes in with poor mobility, then it could be months and months and months down the road before they're somewhat getting closer to being able to do it right. Yeah, those positions are like not even available. Right. To being them. able, yeah, being able to easily in, get into the positions makes all the difference and right. makes everything so much. You're trying so much harder to learn this stuff if you don't have access. Yeah. Gamut of positions available. Yeah, if your joints don't have that range of motion, that's like running into a cement wall. No yeah. matter how hard you try, 
you know, it's you're not gonna you're not gonna get into a bottom right. overhead squat. Yeah, for sure. Like I'm like the way you like the way you started that with like it's the journey starts way before the journey starts. Yeah. You know? And like for me, I took all these bad coaching cues that were given to me for years mm-hmm. as you know a high school athlete and a college athlete and maybe not the best uh, coaching from a strength and conditioning standpoint and just built thousands and thousands of bad reps. Yeah, absolutely. And yeah. like to come and have to undo all that before you can start really making progress is like, you yeah. know, you're, you're going uphill, you're fighting uphill. Right. Um, so even before, you know, what mistakes you made once you start CrossFit, before you start your, any fitness journey is like try to establish, you know, proper postures and things, yeah. learn the right techniques. I learned how to Olympic lift on YouTube. Yeah, me too. Or, or CrossFit <laughs> well, I, I learned how to do something that looked yeah. like an Olympic lift right. on YouTube. It was a just a slight uh, amalgamation of it. Yeah. yeah, yeah, and like to be fair, there wasn't you know there wasn't many resources. Yeah. Well, and I think yeah. that was how a lot of us started off on the videos because that's typically just the process of how we started getting introduced to these mm-hmm. things. It seems pretty normal, but that's like Eric said, and like like you said, I would definitely wish I had gone into a coach. To learn it right from the beginning, and I wouldn't have been essentially kind of wasting my time doing all these terrible movement patterns that I'll have to relearn and fix later on, which also um, elicited a whole heap load of a laundry list of injuries that I'd have to learn how to recover from. The only good thing I can say about those injuries is that I learned to be a pretty good mechanic of my own body, but I wish I wasn't such a good mechanic in that sense. Right. It's, it sucks having to recover from so many injuries. Yeah, school of hard knocks. Right. <laughs> Literally. Yeah. Um, to pull the thread even more on that, like my specific CrossFit journey, I envy the people who come here and go through elements, and I see them like go into their first class, and they're like competent with mm-hmm. when, we, when we're speaking about certain movements and, and stimulus and uh, just basic understanding of what we're doing, right? Like, I never learned CrossFit methodology until I went to my level one, and I spoke about this on a prior episode. I had already been like a year and a half into training, like a lot, like a lot of volume, just multiple sessions a day. And I don't even know what, I, I didn't know what it was, Yeah, you know? Um, so like flying blind in a way. So I think if I was to start over, I would have like bought and read the L1 handbook before I ever picked up a barbell or right. started doing stuff on the rings or any of that. And just arm yourself with knowledge, even if you don't plan on coaching just as an athlete, know what you're doing and like the first time I ever heard about like power output or I heard about what a functional movement is was like I said a year and a half into doing the, the methodology yeah and not everybody needs to you know get into the, the woodwork with stuff but just to have that basic grasp of what it is that you're doing yeah yeah even even just knowing what the definition of fitness is like that's kind of I think the most powerful or the thing that uh, made CrossFit explode so much as they were they were the first people to actually define what fitness is. And so, sure, yeah. so many people come in like saying I want to get fit but they can't actually define yeah. what, what fitness is. Right. So. Probably another thing that I wish that when I first started is I mean as an athlete all growing up and been heavily involved in sports and special operations and everything I'm, there's a high likelihood I'd be very competitive. <laughs> it's, it's unavoidable. But I wish that at the beginning when I was learning things, that I had no I, I had no competition in mind. Because I wasn't at a proficiency level where I should have been very competitive. 
I wished I would have had an entirely different technique-focused approach to learning it. Maybe if I had the foresight to know, it's not always going to stay like this. Right. But eventually I'll get to a, a point of the virtuosity of movement where I can be competitive. But I'll, if I follow the process and, and be patient with getting to there, I would have been a lot better off in it. And yeah, I think having a coach, like you already brought that up, but having a coach to guide you there yeah. and be like, hey, that's man. skyrockets the progress. Yeah. Huge. Yeah. yeah. And the expectation with CrossFit is kind of like jump in and, and do it and compete right away, or at least it used to be. Whereas yeah. any other sport, like if you're like, oh, I, I, football looks fun, I'm going to start this. I'm going to go like throw down with the Patriots. Like that right. would, yeah. you would just get obliterated. And yeah. you, you wouldn't progress at all because you'd just get it. Yeah, you'd get the crap knocked out of you. It's not the right stimulus to have adaptations for right. it. Yeah. yeah, so, you know, having that mindset of I'm going to need to practice for a long time before I can throw right. down and compete, that's uh, that's something that is definitely yeah. valuable to know. Well, and it, that is part of the appeal of CrossFit, too, the competitive element. Right. So I, I'm, de I'm, I'm definitely not saying never compete. Never. Well, your main competition yourself anyway. It's not other people. Right. Um, but... Just allowing yourself space to grow into that competitive aspect of it. Yeah. Right. yeah. Something that I think we teach in Elements that I think is, uh, again, something I wish I had learned earlier. When when we talk about beginning your CrossFit career or any fitness career, we have this specific, um, you know, kind of linear progression. So first is mechanics, then is consistency, then comes intensity. And yeah. I did that backwards. Me too. Yeah. I had to reverse engineer out right. of intensity. Yeah. You know, and I was always consistent. I'll give myself that, but it was like intensity was what I was seeking, not virtuosity. Right. And I, because I didn't even know what it was. I never even heard that term right. before. I didn't know any other switch besides just go for broke and see what happens. Yeah. And to uh, to piggyback on that, one of my big regrets, for lack of a better term, is um, quality over quantity, and I. I think this is a trap that newer athletes fall into is they think more is going to be better. Yeah. Like that the path to quicker fitness is just doing more of it. Yeah. Uh, and I think that's the opposite, especially in the first year or so of training. It's like just developing perfect quality of movement and, 100%. and making sure that your, um, your baseline of fitness and all the things that you want, mobility, strength, cardiovascular fitness, all those things are up to snuff before you add volume. Because if you add volume to core movement patterns, you're, you've said this before, and I, I, one of my favorite things you've said is uh, you're just increasing your path to... Uh, increasing your likelihood for injury. Increasing your path to injury, yeah. yeah. I mean, or speeding up the process. Speaking of high-level competitors, though, too, if we look at, at the very top of the food chain, like, for example, Matt Fraser, um, he's just a name that we all recognize and know he's top of the food chain. Like, in his starting off journey, when he was learning Olympic lifts, He's the very best there is in CrossFit. And he said when he started out, his Olympic lifting coach had him on nothing more than a wooden dowel or a bar, empty bar dump for months, for months. That goes to show because he was able on the front end, really hammer down the technique. On the back end, he became the best in the world at what he does. Mm. So it equates to higher levels of performance and being able to compete more effectively if that process is followed like that. I remember uh, there was like a after action interview, one of the games events, like right after he won, and they came up and they said, you know, everybody's, if you look around the field, everybody's starting to break down at, you know, rep 100 or whatever, yeah. or 
why do you look so good at the end? And everybody else is like fighting for position. And he said, I only know how to do a snatch one way. Right. It, it doesn't, know how it to doesn't do it. default, right. It's something sloppy. Maybe like, well, maybe way. maybe I could just use a little more arm on this right. one because I'm getting tired. Maybe I can move my feet a little wider because I'm getting tired. Yeah. He only that's learned it one way, and that's yeah. the only way his body can perform yeah. a snatch is correctly. It would, it would, I mean, I, I feel like in, in that sense, it would just, he doesn't know an ugly default position because he's never done it. Right. Which yeah. is pretty sweet. Right. Imagine, <laughs> that's, imagine, like, that's kind of the new generation of CrossFitters, yeah. Yeah. like Jess Medeiros. He right. learned... Everything at like ten years old, like yeah. a muscle up, a snatch, handstand, all, all even all the basic stuff. But like when he was malleable and downloaded yeah. all those movement patterns, and yeah, he he has a practice it poorly. He doesn't right. have to undo bad bad. Yeah, that is definitely a new thing. Like I remember in the early days, like the culture was like you watch someone that is just like they are dying in front of you and collapse when the workout's yeah. over. Their hands are ripped. They're moving like crap, but they're like pushing it so hard like right. that that was like wow that's awesome those are the people yeah that was glorified, glorified yeah pukey little clown or whatever right. it was yeah, yeah. live sore yeah yeah that was the that, that kind of culture faded away because <laughs> yeah. but that's you know so I, I think if crossfit had from the beginning built that into their culture it would have been yeah. uh, much i think a lot more people would have been Benefited, yeah, maybe not a clown for a <laughs> yeah, you do, do, do better than that, right? Yeah, it's so funny in cargo <laughs> shorts, right? <laughs> and the, uh, the barefoot shoes, <laughs> yeah. I mean, the, the methodology was so good that you were able to move past those just horrible uh business decisions of the early days, yeah. <laughs> but it's no, it's really no surprise that the cream rose to the top eventually. Like right. that virtuosity of movement, yeah. even if it took 25 years to happen, right. it happened. It was inevitable. That's, that's what happens within any sport. With any sport. Yeah. The best movers are the best athletes. Yeah. And, and longevity. Have the most longevity. Yep. Yeah. And you can look at, you can look at tennis, you can look at golf, you can look at anything. Look at, like, if you look at the difference between um, Ronnie Coleman, who was a phenomenal multi, um, Mr. Olympia champion, I think he has the most ever. So he's really, really good, right? But you look at him now. He's busted. He can barely move. He goes around in a wheelchair for a lot, a lot of his days. Right. But then you look at Jay Cutler, and Jay Cutler trained smart. He, he had everything was very controlled. Yep. He never really. He didn't do crazy heavy. And he's still legendary lifting. today, and and uh, is right. not a shadow of himself like some of the other ones. Yeah. yeah. So I think that's much more important. Who cares if you get a brief? You get to shine bright, hit the sun, and then get burnt for the last thirty years of your life. Yeah. It's better to be able to sustain that until you, the day you die. I think this ties into a bigger cultural undertone of the instant gratification, right? This yeah. is why I wanted to do so much. This is why I did make the mistake of taking on a lot of volume very soon without proper knowledge of what I was doing. Yeah. Because I wanted fitness faster than I earned it. Yeah. And I think that, like, if I was to go back, that would be the one thing that I tell my, you yeah. know, my yeah. former self. You, you know what? I just thought of something too. Kind of, um, kind of uh, run my bell here too. Is that something I like that you you practice for a while? Because I uh, for a long time, um, as far as the time machine going back to me doing for a long time, I I trained like a I mean a warrior warrior poet, three to four five hours a day, right? But I think what I see in a lot of people who get really ambitious and are very motivated and maybe have better backgrounds is that's too much, too much. And so one thing that I I love 
that you always say is minimum effectiveness. Yeah. Because not only are you not burning your whole day in the gym, but you're actually adapting better from that effective dose not being overloading. Mm. So that's one thing I would go back and redo, or at least shift gears on what I'm going to pay attention to. As far as I should have done hours more mobility and hours less of just weightlifting right, and that, working out. I just put the, uh, sorry to cut you off, <laughs> I just put the quote up on the board that I showed you yesterday. Oh, yeah, yeah. From a, a Greek philosopher. It says, the, uh, the right dose differentiates yeah, a remedy from a poison. Yeah, yeah that's, that's perfect. Yeah. Yeah. And that reminds me, maybe this is a good question that we can all answer. What's the what's the dumbest thing you've done <laughs> in your early days of crossfitting? And mine was, I remember seeing Rich Froning's training schedule and being like, I'm going to do that. <laughs> so for like, one look in the mirror. <laughs> how long now? So I made it three weeks. And what it was, it was like, you wake up, you train, you eat, you train again, then you take a nap, then you go train again, you eat, train. Yeah. So it was like four four or five workouts throughout the day. Right. And that was like, I remember a weekend, I was like, wow, I'm like feeling pretty good. And then week two, I was like sick and decrepit and like, yeah. Well, yeah, dead. That's similar, but I maintained that for like five years. <laughs> like, <laughs> maybe not just ten, but something like four, like a five-hour day is typical. Yeah. Wow. I mean, I live. I literally would live at the gym. I have an office in the back with a bed that I'd sleep in. Right. And I would live, breathe, and eat working out. Wow. But what's funny though? What's uh, because all that work. So I'm not in the gym three, four, five hours a day. I do a workout. My workout maybe takes between warm up and finishing. Maybe takes an hour and some change. Of course, that's not including mobility and and some other stuff that I throw in there. But I'm I'm 95% of what I was when I was doing that god awful amount of volume, right? And and I'm way less prone towards injury now too. So I'm getting the best of both worlds with that less is more type of mentality. Yeah, yeah. Even I've been forced to you know train a little bit less, and uh, my fitness same things. 95% of yeah. what it was when I was doing, you know, uh, like powerlifting, yeah. cycles Everything, in the morning. Yeah. And, yeah. Well, and I think a lot of us have heard that when those guys that like in the like the regionals or in CrossFit game, those guys that are training that much, they're fighting for the last little bit of percentage. They're fighting for being 98% to the 99% and above. Right. But that you can get the lion's share of that just by coming in here consistently for five, six days a week, which I think is, when I see people in there and they're grinding away, especially considering the demographic, they're grinding away for hours and hours and then, but they're doing tons of extra stuff, I usually even try and have a talk and say, hey, I feel like you'd get more out of this if you just, like Tyler's um, trying to say, if you just give more intensity to the short amount of time you're here, and, um, and then maybe do some recovery and mobility Right. Rather than and if you're new to the value and doing tons of skill work and you know all yeah. that stuff, that's not going to beat up your body, but it's going to carry over and transfer you to allow to be much more efficient when you do work out. Yeah, and I get it. I mean, there's all sorts of floods of chemicals that we get latched onto and addicted to, and there's some, some gratification from working hard. Yeah, but I don't think it's worth the sacrifice. Yeah, it's uh, kind of the same topic, but more so. Towards the recovery and nutrition side, 
I think this is, I made this mistake, and I think a lot of new new members or new athletes across it make this mistake. When they start asking more of their body, they, all, I know I did this, I used it as, I gained a pint of ice cream today. Yeah, for sure, yeah. yeah like, I got into it. I would drink, okay, now, beer is an excellent post-workout. I'm going to have a case of beer. <laughs> <laughs> there was a point in my life, this is like my first year of CrossFit training, because I went from... Like, you know, I was a football player, and then I was just lifting, and then I went into, like, high-volume CrossFit. And I was like, I need a pint of Ben & Jerry's every night, every night or I'm going to, like, wilt away to nothing. This was like Liz was living uh, down in Florida at the time. We were doing long distance, and every night we would Zoom call or fa FaceTime or whatever. And she's like, do you eat one of those every night? I'm like, I have to. I'm like, yeah, I did four workouts. I did four workouts today. I have no choice. You gotta get the calories in. Yeah, but like that, a big one. an extreme example. But I think people use their their newfound training lifestyle as well, justification. I, for I that earned, act yeah, I earned this Vices. double yeah. bagel. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, yeah, your body wants more, but it wants nutrients. It doesn't want <laughs> ice cream and bagels. It's just shut down. A, a case of beer. Of sugar. Yeah, and like it, I get. I get the fact that you're burning more calories. Like, that totally makes sense. You need probably more calories than you were taking in if you're somebody who's not carrying around excess body fat. But, right. yeah, they should be uh, – it should be more of an emphasis on getting quality protein and some clean carb and all that Absolutely. stuff. Absolutely. Not so much it. just like, oh, I right. need extra cal. I burnt 1,000 today. I need to put in 2,000. Yeah. I mean, that. I think that warrants – Working out would warrant you uh, like a mango rather than a pint of ice cream. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That reminds me of so something I went through, which this isn't a regret, but like I did, I did like the half a gallon of milk a day to try to gain some yeah. weight, and it worked out pretty well. But my my fitness overall suffered, but my strength was improved. But um, one thing I see a lot with people is that with CrossFit, with so many different modalities like weightlifting, endurance, gymnastics, or whatever, usually people start CrossFit, and then maybe they find that they're Splinter more passionate yeah. about like right. Olympic yeah. weightlifting, so they go that direction. Um, well, I haven't seen, speaking of, not to get sidetracked, I haven't seen too many people be like, I just want to be an awesome gymnast. Yeah, that's <laughs> <true>. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. But yeah, it usually it's that's like, why. I want to run marathons, or I want to lift heavy weights, and um, they kind of lose sight of, CrossFit, which is being able to to do both. Yeah. Um, so I don't. I mean, I guess like, what would you guys say to to new people that are easily distracted, where they find this you know modality through CrossFit, and then that becomes their world, which isn't necessarily a a bad thing, but I can when you're looking for health and fitness, it isn't the best. Yeah. I would say, how passionate are you really for the specialty that you're inclining yourself towards? Is it just because when that pops up, you like it better than, let's say, when a gymnastic movement pops up? Yeah. Are you trying to train for life? Are you trying to be able to live your life to the fullest you can? And you think that weightlifting will will make the process easier, or um, or whatever you do, um, or is it you actually love that that sport essentially that you've chosen, and right. you really want to see how far you can go? With it? Oftentimes, I feel like it's just people like weightlifting, whatever the thing they. Yeah, they started to bias towards better, right? But at the at the sacrifice of their overall fitness. Yeah, that's what I was gonna say. Is that I don't I don't mind seeing that if it's like uh, someone's true passion or whatever. Right. But I don't like seeing it when it's 
whatever comes easy to that yeah. person. And they're like, oh, this is easy. I enjoy weightlifting. I don't have to get my heart yeah. rate up. Yeah. So and, I'm just going to do that. So now it's just amplifying strengths, right? Yeah. Right. Not addressing weakness. Always that's, amplifying strengths. That's a, again, to go back and talk to my former self, the first year or two, like, there was a, the five movements I knew, like, hey, I hope those don't come up. Yeah. Like we call them, the old school, we call them goat movements, right? Yeah. So, like, I had those on the, you know, on the tip of my tongue all the time, but I just hammered the stuff I was good at because I played football. I could yeah. do heavy cleans. I right. could, you know, sprint and all that, box jump, whatever, but gymnastic, like handstand work, muscle. I couldn't do a ring muscle when I started. I couldn't right. do a handstand push-up. And uh, I remember the the day it changed for me, it was an open workout, and it had a bunch of strict handstand push-ups, and I knew I sucked at them. I just never worked at them yeah. because I didn't want to suck at anything. Yeah. Obviously, it wasn't the right, you know, mentality, but uh, there's this, shout out Pat Sweat, if you're out there listening. This guy, Pat Sweat, who was a member at my old gym, and he was, uh, I want to say, like, mid-40s. Yeah. Right? Now he's late 40s or whatever, and I'm 19 or 20, and we were right next to each other, and I, you know, beat him to the wall by, like, two minutes and got, like, five handstand push-ups, and this yeah. dude just smoked the workout. Like, it was high, pretty high reps, and he just smoked it. I didn't, yeah, yeah. I didn't even come close to holding a torch to him. And he was literally double my age, yeah. if not more. So just a humbling experience. Yeah, and I really started thinking, like, why do I spend all this time practicing the stuff that I'm already pr- decently proficient in? Right. And I don't even want to look at the the five movements yeah. I suck you're at. you're not going to make much progress as you will if you're right. talking about weaknesses, right? And uh, you can ask some of the members here because I've given them the same story. I decided that day to go on a crusade. Yeah. Yep. All right, for the next three months or whatever, like every other sex, day, yeah. I'm going to practice yeah. handstand push-ups. And there's no way you're not going to – there's a smart way to go about it, right? right? You're not just blindly doing a million reps, but to really devote your energy away from the things that you came in with as a strength. Or at like, least to get it to a maintenance level. Yeah, just to get it yeah. somewhat yeah. proficient. Right. Um, but that's what it takes is like just humble yourself yeah. to for – sure. for me, that's what it was. Yeah. Absolutely. Do you, so this brings to mind, are there some things that you think that you did good for, for both of you guys? Yeah, I mean, I was just going to bring up my weakness was strength overall, and that's why I did the yeah. gallon of milk a day challenge and, like, you know, biased my training for powerlifting because anytime a barbell came up in a workout that was over 135 pounds, I would just be destroyed by it and yeah. I couldn't. Like, I couldn't even come close to, you know, keeping up with people. And so, you know, that's when I was like, all right, I need to put on some weight, put on some strength so that I can, because that's that's my limiting factor in my overall fitness. And so I thought, I think that was a good approach for me because I went from, you know, my little 130-pound runner right. that skipped leg day for 15 years. And uh, kind of just dove yourself in. To yeah. It. And so that was a big that propelled my fitness overall because now I could throw around a barbell, you know, still it's not what comes natural to me. So if there is a heavy barbell cycling, like I'm not going to be a top top score, but it's not going to, I'm not going to be, you know, the back of the pack. I'm going to be, you know, you you can get your, like with any athlete of any enhancement, you can squeak your way through progress with stuff you're good at, but you can fly your way through progress with stuff you're bad at. Right. Yeah. So it's just, Goes to show we make so much more 
more improvement, often things are terrible. Yeah. Right? And it's so tempting from an ego standpoint to double down on the things that you're good at. Because yeah, you're like, right. you probably were like personally identified with like the guy who can outrun people. Yeah. I so it's like, uh, I'm going to, I'm going to cherry pick the running days because I know yeah. I'm going to beat everybody that yeah. day or that I'm, I'm right. at least not going to suffer that much because I'm already a good runner. Yeah. It's yeah, like, right. no, you should skip that day and, and you, you should go to, you should the, go overhead, to the, the overhead squat day or yeah. whatever it is. Yeah. Yeah. Oh yeah. It was like running and muscle ups were my jam. So if that was in a workout, it's so easy to be like, everybody look how good I am and I'm going to push <laughs> this so hard. But when, when, realistically it should be like yeah. alright I'm good at this this isn't where I need to focus on I even got to the point this was like probably last year where I'll modify a workout like if it's a heavy power clean and a run and a bike I'll modify it to a heavy power snatch yeah, and a run and a bike because I'm worse at a power snatch I already bias it toward your weakness I already know yeah. I don't need not to say I don't need to work on my power clean but there's a pretty big differential between the two and I want to get it up to up, up to snuff with yeah. snatch right so it's you can almost uh include that in modifications the things you know you really need to work on yeah you can hammer down more stuff that's that's one of the things that if we're talking about things that i think i did well is that i'm not genetically the strongest athlete in the world i'm not uh even the the, the best endurance athlete in the world but i i can uh, perform at a pretty high level through sheer consistency because I would just rain or shine, tired or not, day in, day out, I would come in there and grind. Um, and through that grinding, there's a lot of younger, stronger athletes that I would be able to outperform them by miles just because they weren't as consistent. Mm -hmm. So that was one thing where, in, almost to the point of being too consistent, I'd, I'd argue, um, that was one thing that I did well with. And also, I think one thing I did well is that if a weakness came up for me, however my brain works, I would have to obsess over it. I'd have to dial in on that and have laser-like focus on that weakness until I, I didn't feel terrible with it. Mm -hmm. So then I'd pound it into oblivion until that weakness was a strength. Yeah. yeah. So like Olympic lifting, for example, what I was terrible at because no one, I learned it on my own. CrossFit videos in 2003 <laughs> and returned to best. And then I go to, a, I go to an actual gym and I'm Garbage at Olympic lifting. So the first thing I did was sign up for Olympic lifting classes, get myself a coach. Have, I mean, they had some pretty good coaches there, like Bob DeCano and the YMCA. So I just religiously went to Olympic lifting and got myself up to speed where I felt like, okay, now I know what I'm doing. Before, I had no idea. I was just in somewhat similar archetypes with the shapes that were better in Olympic lifting. Yeah. Yeah, I think the consistency piece is, I mean, that's huge so many new people coming in they'll push it so hard for like two three months and then it's like yeah and so you know we've tracked it over the years the first three months are usually pretty easy for people to get through and then they start trickling yeah. off and then maybe they make it to 18 months and that's when you see the huge you know 20 pound prs every time yeah. they do a back squat those start fading out and so then you know, at 18 months to two Not years, people will start. Not getting the constant feed of dopamine from all the PRs, yeah. So those, you know, that keeping consistent through the three-month, the two-year right. marks, like, if you can make it past two years and just build that discipline of being consistent, then yeah. you're, it's, it's a lifestyle at well, that point. Well, I think that, that leads me to, um, to think about, also, if you go in, and you might be very hard-charging, but if you go in with too much intensity from the beginning, mm -hmm. it's going to make it less likely you're consistent. Right. But if you go in there and you don't don't make the make workout so miserable 
um, that you're just going to be spending it every day, you give yourself just a chance to go in there and get what you have to get from the day. The next day is you're not having to um, pick yourself up and drag yourself to the gym right. against all instincts. So that's a that's another argument to be made at the beginning. Dial down the intensity and allow yourself to, to settle into consistency. Because that's, I think, the single most important ingredient to success with any of this stuff or with anything that you do. Yeah. I mean, while <clears throat> you guys talk and kind of just bouncing those ideas into my head and like trying to think of, you know, what did I get right when I started? And with the consistency piece, one, with the consistency piece, one of the things I carried with me through all my athletic life and specifically college football because I was very undersized for the position I played. Um, was I needed to make up for that with like a tip-top um, mobility and strength program. So like I really always stayed on top of being able to get into the right positions and to keep myself injury-free. Yeah. When I started CrossFit, it was the same. It was like, all right, I know I'm really going to be asking a lot of my body. I can't slack on my, you know, I always stretched. I always did some yeah. tissue work. And to this day, even if Where it's five start? minutes... At what age did you start, like, a pretty dedicated mobility program? I mean, I I've, I've feel like I've kind of always done it Since in, you were a, a teenager? in an innate way. Yeah. Wow. Um, you know, I'd stay after wrestling practice and yeah. just do yoga or, like, yeah. even if it's quick stuff. It's just I always felt better doing a little something yeah. that was restorative. And uh, I never really got injured, and I yeah. played some hard oh, shit. guaranteed that's worth its weight in gold. You know, even now, yeah, like, little tweaks – happen but within two three weeks my body yeah. rebounds um but i'm trying to always be on top of uh making sure i have good range of motion not only in my movements but before and after i lift yeah. or exercise just getting in you know proper warm-up and cool down most of the time for sure yeah um having the warm-up and cool down well warm-up particularly but with intention too you're yeah. not just like checking the box for a warm-up yeah but you're using the warm-up to, to really laser in on the movements you're doing for the day yeah. right and it's a cerebral thing too. Like I, maybe I'm not doing an hour long warm up, but if I do ten minutes of warm up, it's I'm completely focused on every single sensation there is in yeah. there, and you know how that's going to per pertain to what, what I use for a weight or a movement right. that day. And um, I think that's mentally preparing something that's valuable for new people is you know it's not just the workout, but it's the before and the after. And we talked about it last episode how you recover from it. Yeah. <laughs> well, I, that. It makes me think of, have you guys seen the studies on gymnasts and, and reference to them picking up other sports? No, just from, you know, anecdotal, whenever someone has a right, gymnast background sure coming in, I'm like, yeah, so gonna, you know they're going to do everything well. They right. got that so, body awareness. You know, yeah, they have body awareness. Coachability. Have, and, yeah, that flexibility, mobility, the ability to manipulate their body around the center of gravity. They have, that coupled with their phenomenal mobility just allows for them actual amount of research that says gymnasts can pick up any other sport way faster than non-gymnasts mm -hmm. just because they have been all of those um, they check all the boxes of the 10 general physical skills and fitness already before they even get in here yeah and i think that is largely owed to means how intensely gymnasts focus on mobility and flexibility yeah and the and their entire world is practice yeah Right, it's yeah. like it's all technique work. Right, and then every once once in a while they'll push the limits on that. Yeah, yeah. So that that kind of reminds me of um, like a gymnast, a member here, 
um, it reminded me of a point I want to make, which is if you think about like coming into a gym, like a CrossFit gym specifically, um, it's going to like come in with the mindset that you you are in a population that isn't average. So like if like take the average CrossFitter, no matter who they are, if they're if they've been doing CrossFit for a little bit, they're going to be astronomically more fit than the rest of the world. And so to compare yourself to uh, everyone in the gym is kind of like comparing yourself to the top one percent. Yeah. And so don't like. Don't beat yourself up if right. you're if you're not the best in the gym because you step out the yeah. gym and you know outside the gym you're right. you're in the one percent and so think the that only real comparison regularly should be yourself right and that's why those ledge pins and those getting our maxes and and, and our benchmark yeah. workouts and stuff yeah. like that are are only relevant to the individual. Yeah, that's a really cool perspective. I haven't thought of yeah. that before. And then, I mean, that carries over to everything, too. Like, it's going to be, it's almost impossible not to rise and grow and challenge yourself every day when you're surrounded by people that are uh, in that top level. Because there's a saying, like, average people want everyone to be average. Yeah. And when you're around people that are highly successful or high performers, they, they're they not like that. They want to see everybody right. succeed. So. That's also a cool part of CrossFit is coming yeah, in. And, iron sharpens iron. Yeah, just the fact that everybody does want each other to succeed because we're at such a high level yeah, absolutely. of fitness is a pretty cool thing to be around. That is, it's hard right. to find something like it's that. Like when they say, if you have five genius friends, you're going to be the sixth, right? Right. And yeah. You you are who you surround yourself with. Yeah. You having a good community around you to elevate to make a difference. Yeah. yeah. I mean this. To tie it back to the very first thing you said, like having a coach who believes in the potential that you have and having a community that can help support the the drive to get there, it's like that is CrossFit. Yeah, right. That is the value of – the methodology is a whole different thing, you know, but that is just the value of the affiliate. Right. And like on that note, if, if you're somebody out there who doesn't feel the magic, it's not CrossFit. It's probably – the coach or the affiliate culture, right? So, right. Again, like kind of a you know, go back in time and talk to your former self. Um, know that you're worth what you think you deserve, for lack of a better term or, or easy way to put it. Like, if you want to be coached and your coach isn't coaching you, go find a coach who will. Or if you're in a community where people aren't very supportive and it's more like you know, dog eat dog and yeah. looking at each other's scores and judging, yeah. go find a different affiliate. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Cause there's Everyone gyms out there like that. Yeah. I've been to them. Right. There are gyms out there. Like that. And don't let that take away from like the gold that is a good coach, a good community with properly administered process methodology. There's, there's nothing better than that. Yeah. Just keep that searching. Is prescription. Yeah. The most public prescription. You can get. Yeah. So, yeah. And just dive into that, you know, like, be, be a part of it, and, and uh, when you start out, it's everybody's kind of like, they always like to distance themselves, and it's hard to jump into a community, you know, it's like being at a new school, but mm -hmm. that's one piece of advice I would say, too, is just for new people, just dive in, get to know people, and embrace it, because it'll, it's hugely beneficial, whether that's through, you know, lifelong friendships, relationships, I've seen people get new careers, and new jobs, just from networking here, oh, yeah. and Sure. Um, it's crazy potential. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah.
Yeah. New wives, ex wives. Yeah. <laughs> Hopefully none of that. I have seen it. Yeah. But yeah, I mean that I mean that kind of speaks to it too, is you're gonna change and if you're around average people, maybe you know, hopefully you bring your spouse in here and you change together. Right. I think that's that's like some of my favorite groups are husbands and wives that come regularly right. together. Yeah. And you can see them like they're growing at the same rate. You know, it's like yeah, this for sure, yeah. Res- yeah. Uh, reciprocal relationship, and they're supporting each other's efforts. Yeah. Maybe it wouldn't be the same if. If one was coaching the other, but <laughs> yeah, yeah, we can't bend there for Maybe maybe a little more friction there. Right. I always say whenever Sarah's yelling, like pick up the bar, all I hear is like pick up your dishes. <laughs> I'm like leave them alone. <laughs> Get out of here. You pick them up. Yeah. Uh, that's good. So, top. If you were to have to, someone held a gun to your head. Top three. What, what do you guys think? Bad or good? Top three things you would go back oh. in time to rewind. All right, so I'll try to distill all mine, and it might even be the same as your guys. Uh, more isn't better. Um, focus on finding the right fit, the right, the right yeah. coach, and the right gym. Come to Primal Athletics, y'all. <laughs> and then uh, three is double down on the things you're not good at when you start, not the things that yeah. you come in already proficient with. And I, I think it, even those basic things will like exponentially expedite your your process and your progress yeah yeah that's two of those are pretty similar mine would be find a, a place to train whether that's a you know a coach or a community find find a place that works well for you um, and then attack your weaknesses like you said same thing and then uh, yeah third thing I, um, I don't have a third thing <laughs> <laughs> well I'm gonna go three to one so uh, maybe not that well, three, I think, would be to not be so deeply focused on competitive health. Back off from the beginning. Two, kind of ties into that. Um, find a coach and have someone teach me how to do everything first. Um, because I could have just, I'm just going to learn everything so much better with so, so much less of a learning curve if a coach taught me. I mean, I kind of look at this stuff, not to get too wrapped up in this. I kind of look at it as if, if you're trying to learn jiu-jitsu, it's going to be impossible to properly learn from a video. And I think this is even more, it's even harder to learn on your own. With all, I mean, with because everything. Because of the breadth of skills. Exactly. Yeah. There's so much things involved with it. So you're just skyrocketing your progress if you have someone that knows what they're doing to teach you right. And that includes everything from movements to pacing to uh, breathing. Breathing, all these things that we don't even think of strategy for how you do it. They all come together, which we don't even realize when we first start off. How much of things are involved? How many variables are in the equation? And yeah. then, of course, for me, number one, number one would be uh, maintain my good mobility I had as a young kid throughout my life. Yeah, I mean that, it makes sense. CrossFit ultimately, what CrossFit is is just getting the most performance from your body as you can. Yeah, and that starts when being, being when you're able born. to express what strength I have right. in, the, in the fullest extent that I can. Yeah, and that starts when you're born. You yeah. Know, so, uh, so yeah, keeping that as a kid, you know, having kids right. myself. When I look at the squat, I want to punch them. <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's How what dare you? You haven't worked a second for that. Yeah. I've been doing go watch for six yeah. years. It came to come close. Yeah. 
Exactly. That's, a, that's a good... And knock them over like a bowling pin. <laughs> that's, the, that's the quote to end the podcast. <laughs> Punching babies. Yeah. Well, don't, gel, don't Yelp review us on this episode. All right. <laughs> It was good right up till the end. <laughs> we almost made One it. star. <laughs> right until right. that weird guy started talking about babies. A bunch of babies. Yeah. Always comes back around to that song. Yeah. All right. Well, don't compare yourself to other really bad. <laughs> Just, you know. Baby. <laughs> yeah. Don't compare yourself to babies. Stupid baby. <laughs> Just joking. Everybody's babies is cute. <laughs>